to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely aligns with their goals. One thing about the members club you don't know is the fact that we focus mainly on your strategy and then acquiring um, more complex properties such as commercial, we do mixed use, we do the things that are going to get you the most value based upon my asset management experience. That is what we do. We take things one step further. I am your asset manager. I look at your strategy. I look at your goals and we look at how you're going to get there based upon the properties that you are looking to buy. That is the members club. That is NC Real Estate's service. Think of it as having a surveyor in your pocket. It's awesome. Come on over to ncrealestate.co.uk to find out more. I'm back, you guys. It's been a couple of weeks, right? For those of you who are on my newsletter list as well, if you want to get on it, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. You will have got emails out about my favourite podcasts from the last couple of years, my top five podcasts. So hopefully you've still had a lot of content that you can go back and listen to, get all the juiciness from, enjoy it go through it. I've had some incredible guests on this podcast over the last couple of years. I want you to make sure that you're enjoying it, soaking up the goodness, using it for the market as it is right now, and really going forward with your property investment goals and decisions. Yes, this is what this is all about. So hopefully you've really enjoyed it. And whilst I've been away, you've made a lot of progress. There has been so much going on. So let me start with the fact that I am recording this from my new office in Charleston, South Carolina. We moved out of New York at the end of September. It was stressful. So the movers, when they arrived late, because they were meant to arrive at 8am, they actually arrived at 9.20am. They took four and a half hours to pack up all of our stuff and put it into storage. Oh my gosh, it was the most frustrating thing. I think I put that in my newsletter with a gif of, from Love Actually, you know, when the uh, sales clerk's taking ages to wrap that necklace. I'm terrible. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, He was taking ages to wrap that necklace. That was what it felt like when we were moving out of that apartment. Oh my gosh, we had packed everything. If you'd seen videos from me, and my clients will know this, I had piles and piles and piles of boxes. We were ready to go, and they came in and triple wrapped the stuff. I guess for insurance purposes, I get it, but at this stage, I'm like, if I never see that stuff again, I am fine. It was so frustrating. So we did not get on the road until about two o'clock, so obviously we had to check out the apartment, no deductions, I'm a landlord. I know how to look after apartments. (laughs) That's a little bit of self-congratulationary for me. Um, And we got on the road and we headed out of New York. It actually felt really nice. I know for a lot of people, New York's like this glittery postcard place to live. When you live there, 
is expensive. It was getting dirty. Crime was going through the roof. They run out of money. COVID has really cost New York a lot. And it was not a nice place to live anymore. It did not feel like we could thrive there. It really didn't. And it wasn't really open still. You couldn't go inside and eat anywhere. And we were about to go into winter. And winters in New York are harsh and cold. And you want to be able to get out and want to be able to do stuff. And we were like, nah, we're not doing this anymore. So we got on the road, um, started driving, got down to DC, got held up in traffic. We took a wrong turn. We got off the freeway, had to get back on the freeway. That held us up by a couple of hours. Then it's slow going. Uh, US motorways or freeways or whatever you call them are definitely not as fast as UK motorways. They go a lot slower. So we had to contend with that. Also, we have a Tesla, which every 250 miles you have to charge. So you have to sit at the charging stations. I mean, thank goodness they've got Netflix, hey? We were watching that, the Formula One uh, season and I was getting really involved in that. Um, but it adds hours to your journey, right? I mean, side note, anybody getting a Tesla, get that 350 miler uh, charging uh, car, far better than the 250 miler. It's fine for cities. If you're not going very far, if you're going long distance, you want as long a charge as possible. It will save you time. That aside, uh, come 10.30 at night, we'd been on the road then for eight and a half hours and Bless my little cat, Oscar. He was so good in the crate. He took to it really well. He was staring out the roof at the birds and at the passing trees. But come 10.30 at night, he'd had enough. We tried to get him out to go to the toilet in the car. He didn't really want to do it. Um, and then he started really meowing at us. And I knew at that point that the poor little chap was desperate to go. So I was driving at the time, Chris rang ahead to the next charging station to all the hotels and said, hey guys, would anybody take us? We just want to sleep, get the animals out, get them back in. Uh, we found somewhere in North Charleston, a Marriott residence in. Thank goodness, they, they were like, yeah, we've got a room, come in, bring your animals. Um, so we stopped there, put the car on charge, unloaded the animals, didn't really take anything else out, got into the hotel room unloaded Oscar from his crate. Poor little boy. He had weed all over his crate. Um, he was really upset about it. It's not really his style and he'd been so good all day. Summer is great in the car. She loves traveling with us. It's not really a big problem. Whereas Oscar, bless him, he'd done so well. Um, anyway, I went back down to the front desk and I said to the lady at the front desk, I know it's midnight, but please can I use your washing machine and can I have a cup of washing powder please? And she said, oh, sure. And the North Carolina hospitality at its best and I spent an hour or so washing all the, the bedding from inside the crate that Oscar had weed on. We then got about six hours sleep. Every, everybody was exhausted, it's fine, we all slept. Got up the next morning and pushed on to uh, Charleston, which is where we now are in this beautiful Airbnb. Once we leave here, I will share the details um, because it is honestly gorgeous. The house is a little bit of a weird configuration, but it's on a lake and it's near a beach. And this is Natasha Collins's dream. This is what I'm going to be trying to replicate. So 
really enjoying ourselves. For the first time in seven months, I got back to a gym. I'm doing F45 fitness, really enjoying it. We went there for the first time and I just felt completely out of shape. I know that Chris did too, but we are loving it, loving getting to the beach. I've got the paddleboard out, ready to go on the lake whenever I wanna go on the lake. Oh, it's so phenomenal. It just feels like a breath of fresh air because we can't get home right now and it's lovely. So that's what we've been doing. Um, Oh, guys, I feel so much better. I feel like a new woman, actually. I felt like New York was bringing me down a little bit because it was just so claustrophobic. Now, here, we still have to wear masks everywhere. That's fine. I don't care about the mask wearing thing. I'm happy to wear a mask if I don't get COVID. Fine. Um, but there's so much more space. It's such a smaller city. I think the metro area is 180,000 people. That is nothing compared to New York. So really just enjoying our time here, a bit of space, a bit of time to not think about what's next. And we don't really have anything with us. So when it's time to go, we can just pack the Tesla up and move on to the next place. I don't know right now what's next. I don't. We'll see what happens in the election. We'll see what happens with our visas. We'll see. It's quite a nice place to be, right? Property has actually allowed that to be a reality. We get to decide what happens with our lives next. And that is through having income streams from property in the UK. And right now, I don't really have anything to do with my property portfolio in the UK. It's all managed, things that are running well. I'm going to touch wood because, you know, the minute you say that, something's going to happen. But anyway, things are going fine. Um... And it means that I get to take a little bit of time out whilst I'm here as well to really enjoy it. Take space to walk the dog, exercise, work out, enjoy myself, drink wine, eat good food. I'm a barbecue lover, really enjoy barbecue. Um, and there's a lot of great barbecue places around here. The only hazard is the alligators and the snakes, which we have come across already but I have been told that they don't do anything to the dog and that I need to just sidestep around them. I'm fine with that. I'm gonna do that. Absolutely fine. So that's where I am right now, feeling pretty relaxed. We've got to sell the pro property in New Jersey. When we sell that as well, I have money in the bank to buy Chris and I's dream home. That's, a, that's also something that's on the horizon. Where that's going to be, I don't know yet. When I do know, I will let you know. So there we go. That is roughly where we are right now. Just enjoying the present moment, in the heat, in the lovely South Carolina atmosphere. We'll see what the future holds. One thing that did happen whilst I was on podcast break is that that leasehold tribunal came to an end. Did it come with the outcome that we really wanted? There. There are some lessons in this that you need to take away with you. First things first, the head leaseholder who was disputing whether they were responsible for the roof or not was responsible for the roof. God's sake, morons, absolute bloody morons. Um, they always knew they were responsible for the roof up until 2013 when they changed their minds. Mugs. 
This is what the problem is with having bad property managers, right? You get a property manager who can't interpret a lease because they've never been trained how to do it and this rubbish happens. Seven years of wasted time because some moron comes along who's underpaid, doesn't know what's going on, reads a lease lot wrong and then this happens. This is why when you're hiring managing agents, hire someone who's qualified to do it. If they're not qualified to do it, bin them. Like it just causes too much hassle. So then the second decision, yes, they have to go ahead with their 108,000 pound worth of works. Great. Third decision, costs. <sighs> Head leaseholder was awarded 90% of the costs. Us leaseholders awarded 10% of the costs. And this is the costs of going through the tribunal process. Do we know how much that's going to be yet? No, we don't. Is that a good outcome? Not really, but none of the other leaseholders wanted to hire legal representat representation and I am not doing that for them. I was not going to do that for them. So as a result of that, there's going to be a legal bill come through to us. I tried to get everybody on board. They didn't want it. They didn't want to pay for it. Um, and so I've said to them, start saving because there is going to be a bill in coming in this year. There is £70,000 currently or roughly in the sinking fund. The cost of works is £108,000. Plus, on top of that, we have to pay 10% of whatever the legal fees were. Do the math, probably going to be about £5,000 an apartment. Is that cheap? No, it's not cheap. Am I going to lose sleep over it? No, I am not. Because I tried to get everybody to work with with me. They all thought it was going to be too expensive. Now they're going to have to pay more costs. But time and money are things that you have to work out. I know how far to push things and I know how far not to push things. Look, 70,000 to 108,000 pounds, we're going to get a whole new roof, windows across all of our flats. Um, so the, the difference there is 38,000 pounds which is 10% per flat so 3,800 pounds extra I think although that will be adjusted out because this year we're making service charge contributions as well um so it might be a bit less than that but I would also suggest that the legal fees for the last seven years probably are about 100,000 pounds I don't know I've not seen the costs I'm guesstimating um but then we would have to pick up ten thousand pounds of those costs so add an extra thousand pounds of three thousand eight hundred yeah so about five thousand pounds you know if you put things in savings and you've been saving up then you would have that money in the bank but if you believe if you ostrich it and put your head in the sand and believe this isn't gonna happen then more for you i am not gonna get into any dispute going forward it was a painful experience. I'm glad the last seven years are over. I would actually pay £5,000 to shut the book. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, some of you might be thinking, Natasha, £5,000 is a lot of money. It is, but ultimately, it will add value to these flats because they'll get these new roof, so there'll be no more leaking, and we'll get brand new windows, so it's going to make our EPC ratings better, it's going to be more sustainable, it's going to be cheaper to run these flats. In the long term, this is such a good idea, and 
Would I pay £5,000 for it? Yes, I would. I would have to pay that anyway. In fact, it'd be far more if I was a freeholder and I was the only one paying for the roof. So there we have it. Long and short story is, what have I learned? Well, you really do. If you're going through leasehold tribunal, it tends to be cheaper to get legal representation. But if you can't get all the other leaseholders on board to pay for that, at least get leaseholders, all the leaseholders on board to send the Section 20C notice to the tribunal saying that we don't want to pay costs. Because if we had not served the Section 20C notice, we'd probably be liable for 50% of the cost. So saved ourselves a little bit of money. If we'd had legal representation, we would be liable for none of the costs. That is the difference, right? So probably cost myself an extra thousand pounds. But again, I'm not paying for legal representation for the other nine leaseholders. I don't have deep enough pockets to want to worry about that. There we have it. That's the outcome. Um, I'll let you know when we get costs. If the costs are extortionate, <laughs> I hope not. Oh God, I hope not. But we are where we are, guys. As with property, we keep moving forward. It's all we can do. Um, again, the mistake was no legal representation, but I am not going to put people into a chokehold to, to do it. You know, that's on them. Um, hopefully it doesn't cost me any more than a thousand pounds. Well, I hope. <laughs> Okay, so that's that, and it's done, and we know it's moving forward. Next up, interesting things going on in the UK property market right now. In September, the property market jumped around 7% year on year. Amazing, right? Really, really, really amazing, uh, considering we are in recession and that there's a potential for a lot of people to lose their jobs. But what I am seeing, and I'm see even seeing this in my friendship groups, is that people are like, no stamp duty! Let's go wild with what we can um, afford to buy. And especially in the category of those people who are upsizing from their first time homes. That seems to be across the board where um, the market is going wild because people are like, okay, well, we had our small home. We can put that on the market. We're going to get a little bit more for it right now. And that means that we've got more equity to put into our, our family home and we don't have to pay stamp duty on it. Oh my gosh, we can offer more. Woohoo! That's really exciting. It's not particularly because I think that end of the market or that it's not even an end of the market, that subsection of the market might fall into negative equity because, as I said previously, there's a credit crunch going on at the lower end of the market. So first-time buyers are really struggling to get mortgages. However, that next tier up that now has this additional equity that they've just made in their first-time home has more than that 5 and 10% deposit, which means that they are getting the lower loan to values, which means the banks are like, oh yeah, all right, we'll lend you a little bit more. You take on the risk because you've got more equity. So what you might find is in the next couple of years, those people who've thrown caution to the wind and gone, sod it, I can offer more. I'm not paying stamp duty on this. I've saved myself 15 grand because I'm now buying, you know, X size house. I'm not paying that stamp duty have over-offered, but when the stamp duty relief ends, they will then have to realise that their property 
is not worth what they paid for it because they've paid that much money in a happy-go-lucky market. But when you put it on the market at a time where someone else is going to have to pay stamp duty, well, you're not going to want to put your property on the market at that higher band, right? So we need to really be conscious of this. That's number one. I think there will be a struggle coming there and that may in two to five years time lead to some people not being able to afford their mortgages and not being able to remortgage into a better fixed term product. Something to watch, not going to have any impact right now, but something to watch um, two to five years time when these fixed term products come to an end. Secondly, where there's a buzz in the market, agents are trying to get people to gazump people. Issue. The biggest issue is that agents are then saying to these buyers, you use my convincing solicitor, we've got an in-house one, it'll be quick. Do not use any agents, solicitors, or conveyances. Go find your own that are impartial, please. Because unless there is a contract for sale on your solicitor's desk, you don't have any contract. You're not under offer. The chances are someone else can come along and outbid you on a property, right? And this goes for all of you. Please go and find a solicitor who is not affiliated to anybody else who just acts for you. That's important. That's really, really, really important so that they can tell you when the contract has arrived on their desk and then you can keep moving forward. Again, I repeat, if there is no contract on your solicitor's desk, you do not have a deal. And especially if your solicitor or conveyancer is affiliated with an agent, then the agent doesn't have to send the sale a contract for sale across. It doesn't have to happen because actually that whole little sector of people are acting for the seller. So if the seller gets a higher offer, they're just going to go with the higher offer. Nothing lost to them. They've not sent out the contract for sale. So please, please get an independent solicitor. And if someone puts pressure on you to use their solicitor, say no, no, I'm not doing it. Even if they try and give you a discount to use them, no. As property investors, we need to get into the mindset of having one solicitor that we trust implicitly as part of our team. That is it. That is where we need to be starting. That has got to be your rule too. If you don't do that, you can get into trouble. And as you've just seen from what I've said about leasehold tribunal, we got into trouble for not using a solicitor. I would have loved to use my solicitor. But I, on my own, cannot just come up represented with a solicitor at leasehold tribunal when there's other leaseholders involved. It doesn't work like that. All leaseholders would have to instruct the same solicitor. That is the issue with that. And the other thing is, is that I have been working my current solicitor since 2013. I bought this first property before um, I started working with the solicitor. So Actually, in hindsight, knowing the head leaseholders I do now, would I have bought it? No, I would not. Um, and at the point that costs it over, I'm going to tell you who this head leaseholder is. 
never buy a property where they have anything to do with it ever. Okay, I will come back to you and tell you who that is shortly in the next couple of weeks. When I do, do not ever go near them. Learn from my mistake. They cost you too much money. Just don't go near them. All right. Final thing in the property market right now. I'm also seeing lots and lots of properties come to the market, which is great, but there are far more sellers on the market right now than buyers trying to buy. That means that whilst there was a hike in September, the market is about to turn into a buyer's market. Guys, what does that mean when there's a buyer's market? Yaha, it means we can go out and offer. Start offering, start offering low, take 50 grand off of it if it's more than um, 200,000 pounds. Why not? Let's give it a good offer. And you will start seeing when you look down um, on Rightmove, especially, I'm noticing this, I'm noticing this in Bath. When you look down on Rightmove, you will start seeing that um, properties are being reduced. Well, that's because they came on the market too high. There's opportunities coming and there's opportunities coming quicker than you think. Start creating the opportunity. You can now offer. You, as a property investor, are in a really strong position right now. You will have that higher deposit. And secondly, you will have lenders who will be prepared to lend to you, those two combined mean that you are a good purchaser. And if you are a good purchaser, someone is going to accept your offer and sell to you. Please make the most of that in the market right now. It was always going to come because people were far too excited. So now that it's here, please take advantage of it. So, 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 so important. Do you see how there's always this element of risk? And we had a couple of months where everybody's like, it's uncertain. Property prices are too high. Now look at where we're going. You see? Market moves. And this year, especially, it's fluctuated a huge amount. I think we'll also start seeing um, deals in the commercial end of the market. In fact, I am starting to see them. Things come to market at um, 10% initial yield, initial gross yield, really good place to start. All you need to be doing with these commercial tenants is if there's a commercial tenant in situ, just check their payment history, see what's been going on, see um, if they've got any arrears outstanding. If they have, what you want to do if you're going to buy that is make sure that you adjust the purchase price that you agree um, less whatever the arrears are that are outstanding. At least then the seller takes that on the chin, a uh, really good place to negotiate. Also just know that if tenants are negotiating a new lease right now, commercial tenants, they're trying to make it as tenant friendly as possible. That doesn't do anything for the value of the property for you as a landlord. So make sure that you are negotiating on that. That's something we're really heavily focusing on in the members club right now. And it's something that's so important that you realize and you look at and you are protecting yourself because with commercial property, value is created in the lease, in the rent that's coming in, and also the quality of the tenant. And that's all got to help you as the landlord. Internal repairing and insuring leases, 
difficult. For repairing and insuring leases, fabulous. If there's a deposit or a guarantor, great. That's even more security for you. And if it's a good quality tenant, so a tenant that's shown strong trading and they are solvent and you Google them and they seem to be okay. I mean, yeah, they may have stopped paying rent for a bit, but they're planning on paying again. Fabulous. That is the sort of thing that you want to be looking out for. Guys, the market is changing right now. The market is changing quicker than I've seen it in the last 11 years. We need to be on this train and using that to its advantage. And I've given you some really great tips of advice there. Please make sure that you're using them. Every single market presents opportunity. You have to use it, pick it up and run with it. Okay, right, final thing. Because next Monday, I am hosting a property investment decision making clinic. It's a free event. To find out more, you head to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash free dash events. I'm gonna put it in the show notes below. I'm going to be teaching you how to make decisions in property investment and you get the chance to send your decisions that you're trying to make to me and we may go through them live in the session. So again, you want to come to this. It's an example of what we do in the members club and it's a chance to come and get to know me and see me in person because it's always me that runs these events for NC Real Estate and I'm excited to see you there. So that link again ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash free dash sessions. Make sure you come and check it out. Register. I cannot wait to see you there. Okay. Right. We've reached the end of this podcast. I hope you've really enjoyed the time that you spent with me today. Thank you for coming. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. That would be awesome. And if you have any questions for the podcast, I'm going to put a link below where you can ask me questions and I may answer them on the podcast. So make sure you're doing that. Thank you for listening today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again.